Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Filmed over the course of three years, The Place That Makes Us is an intimate, inspiring portrait of Youngstown, Ohio, a quintessential post-industrial American city, seen through the efforts of a new generation of residents who have chosen not to abandon their hometown, as so many have, but to stay, rebuild, and to make a life for themselves. It's a beautiful film. It's a beautiful documentary film. It is the uh, debut feature documentary work of our guest today, the director and the producer, and that would be Carla Murthy. Carla, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this film on a lot of different levels, um, not the least of which is it illuminates a story that a lot of uh, Americans don't really know much about, given that a lot of the country lives on the coast and what has happened to that what they used to call the Rust Belt and so much of, of the middle of America being hollowed out. While we know of it, we don't know it. And so mm -hmm. I'm so happy for us to get this intimate, up-close, uh, in-personal perspective from the people who are living through it. Tell me what inspired you, what brought you to Youngstown? How did this all start? Well, my day job is a uh, television news reporter. I do, you know, have made news documentaries for the last 15 years or so. And so I was sent to Ohio, as many journalists are, to do a story about the revitalization efforts happening in Youngstown, Ohio. And this was also during an election year and kind of to take it the temperature of, and, and the lay of the land of what was going on there. I had that perception that, you know, I, I live on the coast and my perception of Youngstown was uh, all I knew about it was, you know, the, the Bill Bruce Springsteen song, Youngstown. I knew about the steel mills um, and I knew about, you know, unemployment and poverty and crime. And, and that was it. And when I got there, I just saw something very different. You know, I think most people think of these places as places that people are trying to escape from or are stuck in. And I found all of these, these this new generation, these, these young people who had a choice to leave and were choosing to stay and to rebuild the town. And that was really exciting to see. I think also, you know, as a news reporter, I often, you know, have to parachute into a place and I only get to spend three days and, you know, I have to reduce people to their one soundbite and their one issue and wrap it up. And when I was there, I kept thinking like, it would be so great if I could just stay myself and just really capture the work that people are doing over time and watch the seasons change and see their lives unfold. And that was something I'd, I'd never had a chance to do before. And so, you know, that, that was also something that, that drew me and inspired me to, to make this film. There's a lot of time and attention spent on the, the Youngstown Neighborhood Development Corporation and the people who run it, and uh, not the least of which Ian and Abby, and there was, there's a lot. Getting to know them must have felt like you had hit sort of the, the, the gold vein that you were looking for in terms of knowing what was happening in Youngstown. What was that process like? How did you, how did you get to know them? Were they at all reticent about you coming in and filming what they were doing? 
you know, the work that the Youngstown Neighborhood Development Corporation, YNDC does that I met many of those people on that first reporting trip. I think even then we just kind of hit it off and we're talking about filming more. One of the main goals of this nonprofit is to rehab all of the, you know, vacant blighted homes in the city. When the mills started closing in Youngstown back in the 70s, thousands of people fled the city. And so they have, you know, the infrastructure for 250,000 people and there's only, you know, around 60, 65,000 people living there. So there are all of these, you know, beautiful abandoned spaces. So they're trying to, you know, repair all these neighborhoods and, and keep people from leaving. And so they took me to these different houses at different stages. And it is so um, heartbreaking to go into these homes and you see all of this loss and this pain. I mean, it is, it is a tragedy, you know, that someone had to walk away from their home. And to me, I was kept thinking like these homes are so emblematic of what's happened across the post-industrial Midwest, you know, all of that pain and loss. And I kept thinking it would be so cool to follow just one house, you know, as it transformed back into a home full of life for a family. And that could be, you know, a backbone for a film. They were definitely into that idea. And then it was just a very organic process, how we met everyone. I think everyone there was really open. They're actually used to you know, media coming in to Youngstown. I mean, every election year, it gets flooded with reporters. But I think they were, what was told to me is that you know, they wish someone would tell a different story of what was happening there and not just the abandoned steel mills and the jobs that have been lost and the decay, but the work that they've been doing and the changes that are happening. And so I think that they were happy that I was trying to tell that story and that we're very open to us being there. And we just kept showing up. <laughs> and so they were like, they're not going away. So, you know, it took us three years to, you know, filming um, off and on. So, yeah. <laughs> well, well, and just to quickly go over what you mentioned, which is, in the 1970s and into the 1980s, there was tremendous economic shift. The ground shifted right up from under these people's lives in terms of a lot of factories started to move overseas. Uh, there was sh so shutting down industries that you can, I think, truthfully say built America, automotive industry, steel. Um, all the attended industries that go along with automobiles. Uh, there's just so many major industrial businesses that just collapsed in a matter of just a decade or so, give or take. Right. And for these people who had planned on spending the rest of their lives working in these factories, looking forward to a pension, looking forward to a life, a community, all these things, generational uh, opportunities for them, that just went away, right? Is anything yeah. you want to add to that description well, of it? Well, no, I mean, and it wasn't, it was um, generations before that. I mean, you know, the, one, one of our main characters, Ian Beniston, who runs YDC, I mean, his family goes back four generations yeah. um, doing industrial work in that region. You know, one of the things we wanted to show in the film was that, you know, when you watch your town and your way of life crumble around you like that, it is incredibly traumatizing. And I think, you know, you know, we have this interview with Ian's parents and yeah. they still feel it. They still are living that experience and are still quite, you know, they're haunted by that. 
it is why they want so desperately for their kids to move out of Youngstown for a better opportunity. Um, they still have a hard, difficult time accepting the fact that Ian is still living in town. But for Ian's generation, you know, they grew up in the rubble. Like they have no memory of the mills ever operating or and running. And that's actually how the film opens. It's him walking around one of the last uh, abandoned factories that's even around in Youngstown. Many of them have even been demolished. And so I think because of that, it gives him a different view of what's possible. And they're not kind of beholden to this heyday, this memory uh, uh, that could hold them back into, you know, trying to build back to what it was. They're seeing a different future and they see opportunity in Youngstown. His father is quite bitter and in many ways upset with him for staying and wish that he had left. And I, that's a different kind of trauma what that family went through, what what their, the father, the parents went through, what so many millions of people have gone through. It's a trauma that just lingers. It's a trauma that just doesn't go away. You're reminded of it all the time. And I can't fathom what sort of psychological effect that has on people. And I do, without veering too far into the politics of the region, it's easy to understand why there would be so much visceral resentment in that part of the world. The politics to me, and I've worked in the field of politics for almost 20 years, so I know this stuff in general terms. It's easy to understand when you don't have anyone to blame, you blame everyone, right? For a lot of those people, there's no specific person. It wasn't Richard Nixon. It wasn't Jimmy Carter, it wasn't Ronald Reagan specifically who caused what happened to happen, but it's easy to lash out at everything around you and and blame. And that's why, and we see Donald Trump for about five seconds in the film, but it's easy to understand why someone would invest so much in someone like him. It's easy. It's, it's, it's actually completely understandable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, we're actually seeing it again in the Youngstown area with the closing of the Lordstown factory. I mean, now it's being, um, it was bought by um, a different company to build electric um, trucks, but the same exact thing was why, where people were having to decide, you know, to, to leave or stay. And, you know, that factory had been in operation for 53 years. Um, so it's just this thing that keeps happening, this cycle that keeps happening. And it's, this feeling of helplessness. There's this, you know, they're, it's beyond their control what happens to them and their lives are just kind of thrown up, you know, into the air um, and then they have to just figure it out. I was there in 2016. That's when I was do, first doing that reporting story. And yes, the main narrative that came out of from the election was, you know, voters, mostly white voters who felt um, left behind, bitter and resentful. And you know, while that narrative is definitely true, there's there's more that's going on there. And yeah. that was what I wanted to show, you know, in this film and to show the humanity that people are living their lives, very full lives and working really hard to save their communities, despite whatever's happening on the national political frenzy level, despite, you know, the politicians that come in and make these promises that are often broken what are people doing for themselves in their communities? Um, that was that was really the the goal of the film, and to and right. to just give some people some some hope, inspire people. 
I want to remind our listeners, we're talking with the director and producer of the documentary film, The Place That Makes Us, Carla Murthy. Carla, thank you for reeling me back in because we are, in fact, uh, seeing people who, as you said, didn't didn't grow up in the environment that I just described, but are facing a new future. And I'm often reminded of this, and I say it probably too many times, um, and that is there in, in the, there's a the Chinese script, the, uh, the symbol for crisis is also the symbol for opportunity. Hmm. And I feel like this is in some ways the embodiment of that. Yeah. Yeah. I keep adopting that as, as a perspective, these disasters that we're living through on so many different levels, environmental and all are also opportunities for us to completely rewrite our future. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what this film is about. Yeah. And I think it's, but it can get very, it's very easy to feel so jaded and overwhelmed though, by the amount and the number and the size of, you know, the, the crises that is, you know, that we see all around us globally. Um, yeah. And so this film was kind of meant to be kind of an antidote to that um, in many ways and to show, you know, I think also that like progress doesn't have to be some huge, big monumental shift it can be saving, rehabbing one house, you know, it could be mentoring one child um, or helping a neighbor out. Um, all of that work is very valuable and all adds up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, over the course of the film, we get to see people like a Tiffany, mm-hmm. uh, Abby, Ian, uh, the, the people who are doing the small things, doing the, yes. the, the things that matter in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And Pineview, mm-hmm. the home that is much in many ways the focus of the film, at least its history. And then, but just to, yeah, to talk a little bit about these people because the uh, Beniston family are just wonderful uh, uh, window into this world. And, uh, and so you had mentioned meeting them through, I assume you met them through the Youngstown Neighborhood Development Corporation, but they really opened up their lives to you. And then there are other people in the film. Anyone you want to focus on in particular or a couple of people that you would like to talk about in terms of guess, just sort of this how this story unfolds? Yeah, I mean, we, the Beniston family was, you know, the, the dinner scene actually in the film, um, they invited us over to dinner. That was actually the very first thing we filmed. <laughs> And so that's how open they were to having us, you know, come into their lives. And yeah, they're very representative of many families that you meet in Youngstown. And it was just also amazing that both Ian and Abby are kind of doing similar work, but from opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Because Abby is, at the time, you know, worked for the mayor's office and was in charge of demolishing homes. And Ian is, you know, the head of YNDC, and he's in charge of rehabbing vacant homes. And so you kind of need both, right, to improve communities. And I always thought that was kind of an interesting dynamic between the two of them. But their oldest brother did leave. We, we didn't really go into this that much in the film, but because he was older, he saw a little bit more about what his parents went through and yeah. does remember the closing of the mills and how hard it was for his family. One can speculate that's one of the reasons why he he was he, he decided to leave also, you know, his, his partner lives in Cal is from California, but when he comes back um, to, to visit, he lives in the Bay area. And it's, it's again, another side of the story where, you know, you have housing where that is so expensive that people can't afford to live there. And then you go to Youngstown and it's, you know, all this decaying infrastructure. And so, you know, hearing them talk about like 
just all the the bigger problems that the the you know the country is facing in terms of you know economics. You know, I just love Ian's response to that, which is just that like that's not going to stop me from doing the things that I can do. It was really great filming with that family because they kind of had everything, <laughs> all the different dynamics that we wanted to cover within this family. You know, the history and. Yeah, and what's happening now in Youngstown and even, you know, in, in the country as a whole. And then who else, you know, was then, you know, again, it was like a very organic process. And I knew I wanted to make a story that was, you know, a portrait of this town by weaving all these different people's lives together, which it also very much feels like when you're in Youngstown, you just kind of walk around and you run into people that you've been filming with and you run into Bernie at the, you know, downtown at City Hall. And, you know, it, it definitely feels it has that small town vibe. And so we kind of wanted to create that in how we structured the story as well and just kind of wove together everyone's lives to create this feeling that you you lived in Youngstown and, um, and you've been there. So, yeah. And so then we met Julius, um, who is the city councilman. Ian took us to City Hall to a meeting that he was going to, and Julius was there. And then we just started filming with Julius. And so, and then he was also, you know, very open to sharing his life with us. And he has a very different experience from Ian, you know, as part of the, the and that was really important for us to show is the Black experience in these mill, mill towns, which we don't get to see very often. And I don't think most people realize that Youngstown is roughly 50% Black. And so we really wanted to show the history of that um, that experience as well in Youngstown. And Bernie, you mentioned Bernie, which I think in some ways is kind of the, the full circle in some mm-hmm. circle of life in terms of what, where she starts out or where she describes her history with her credit and her inability to kind of get her what she achieved some of her goals. And we see the arc of her story, which is pretty terrific as well. So yeah, yeah, don't want to give it away. No, we're not. We're not saying much more. <laughs> the film, the film that had a, um, a somewhat what of a festival run. I know you played at Doc NYC, which th- congratulations, and I think that's maybe now the premier documentary um, festival. So you had a good run, and now you're going to be on. We're going to actually be able to watch the film. Uh, and it'll be on PBS, where a version of PBS. Let me start that again by saying it'll be on America Reframed on the World Channel, which is an, an affiliated with PBS. So you'll be able to watch it on uh, World Channel, and then it will that starts on March 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern, and then from there it will eventually roll out to all of the PBS platforms. Is that yeah, right? So it will, it will be streaming on all the PBS platforms after that. So, and on the World Channel's website as well. And you can go to... Or you can just say the place that makes us.com. It all goes to the same place. Okay. Okay. You can type in the place, the place that, yeah. that makes us.com. Yeah. Okay. Terrific. Have the participants seen the film? Yes, they have. Um, they were, yeah, I was so nervous <laughs> for them to watch it. Um, but yeah, we, they, they've all seen it and we're trying to plan a big screening in Youngstown later in the year. There's an amphitheater there. So we're very excited for that. But yes, they were all really happy that when the film came out and, and I, you know, I also talked to Ian's parents about their reaction from, you know, seeing it. And Martha told me, you've captured it, that continuous struggle that we have still to this day about do we stay or do we go have we made the right decision you know she said it was really painful to watch you know to see to see that but um she was like oh you you got it 
So that made me feel really good as an outsider coming into this community that everyone there felt like I told their story. So, yeah. Well, congratulations on the work. Congratulations on the place that makes us. And also I want to acknowledge your producer and director of photography, which was your fellow traveler there, Alexander Nikolchev. And it feels like this was a, a pretty low key operation on your part. Show up, find yourself the place to stand out of the way and, and really document uh, in a very cool way. As I said to you before, the pace of the film, the 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 feeling you get from watching it is it feels very lived in, very much like it was as it appears to be in the film. And that is not easy to do. And I my congratulations to you on, on that. There's a there's a talking head song, which I love. It's one of my favorite songs of all time, Naive Melody. And it's uh it's I don't know if you know it. Do you I know don't it? know it. No, okay. no, I'm gonna have to look it up. Oh yeah, it's it's uh, it's a song about being home, and this song, this it, it definitely reminds me of the film. So, thank you, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, the the film again is the place that makes us, and we've been talking with the director and producer, and that would be Carla Murthy. Carla, thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Film School Radio.